and Arsenal on the other hand, hand, they cannot keep on pulling this kind of performance. Exactly. Where, where they allow teams score them early and they struggle and come back and expect to be title contenders, quote unquote. Hello, listeners, wherever you're listening to us from. Welcome back to the 90 Plus 5 podcast. I remain your host, Sunji. I will meet here is my co-host, Mikus. Yeah, hello guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. Club football is back. Yo. Our favorite teams are back to action. Uh, <laughs> a lot of spicy things to talk about. A lot of juicy gists. Yeah. So, um... The best place to start this episode from is going to be the London Derby. The London Derby um, yeah. where we had Chelsea versus Arsenal. Uh, it was a very, very interesting one. It came with um, its exciting, exciting uh, performance. And it was nothing short of amazing. Yeah, because the match ended as a 2-2 draw. We saw Chelsea yeah. get the two goals lead from Cole Palmer and uh, Mikhailo Mudrik early on in the game. Then um, the, <laughs> the match later <laughs> got equalized by Declarise uh, and Trossard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, for me, yeah, I, I wasn't able to watch the full match, but I was able to watch like the first 30 to 45 minutes. And all I could see from that match in the first half was absolute dominance from Chelsea. I think yeah. the last time I saw that amount of dominance from Chelsea in the first half was um, when I saw them play against Liverpool. Though they didn't start with the dominance at first against Liverpool, but towards the later end of the first half, I could see that dominance. And I saw that again in this Arsenal's, in this Arsenal's game. And I was like, wow. Wow, I was amused by by the performance. Then Kopama scoring back to back penalties for Chelsea. So it was really really amazing to see. Um, Mikus, what 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 was your thoughts from that first half performance from Chelsea? Chelsea, let's start from there. Yeah. I mean that that first half performance was amazing, amazing. I think I I kind of hinted on Twitter. I think I said on Twitter that. Among all the run of fixtures Chelsea are having, I think we have well documented that in our previous episodes, that it's only Man City that they might struggle with. And I think the reason for me saying that was that of all the areas Chelsea are deficient in, the midfield, especially with Ezo, Caicedo and um, Gallagher, is a well-functioning unit. And so you saw that dominance in the midfield from Chelsea in the first half. I think Arsenal tried to play with two holding midfielders in Giorgio and Rice, it did not work. They tried pushing Rice upward, it did not work. Because, I mean, Caicedo yesterday was amazing. Gallagher was everywhere, was amazing. Enzo was amazing. And so, all the dominance we had in that first half, especially, had to be attributed to those three. They did stellar work. They did stellar work yesterday. Yeah. And um, even before the game, um, yeah, a lot of pundits and a lot of people on Twitter were already putting it out that 
we could see the top three most expensive signing in English football on the pitch at the same time <laughs> in this match. That's um, Caicedo, Ezo Fernandez, yeah. and Declan Rice. And it was really, really amazing. But this just goes to show how, um, how, how much football has grown over the years and how much spendings that these teams have invested in football over the years. And, well... The, the, the players were nothing short um, of amazing. Let me give them their flowers. But um, <laughs> five years ago, ten years ago, these kind of players might not have commanded that amount of money in the transfer True. window. But True. yeah, what, what what was your thoughts seeing those kind of huge um, money, like huge money spenders or huge money? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a good money signings. Yeah, that's the perfect word on the pitch at that same time. From a very, very neutral point of view, do you think they, they lived up to their expectations? Because you could see Declan Rice obviously scored a goal. That was... Well, see, <laughs> one thing I love about Declan Rice, yeah, I love the fact that he he knows how to um, score goals when when, when the, the touch light or the light is pointing at his, at his name and at his face and people, these spotlights on him. Against Man U, he scored a goal. Against Chelsea, yeah. he scored another goal. So, the beautiful thing about football is that he might not score any other goal till the next big team. <laughs> but yeah, as, exactly. as, yeah, as far as he keeps on scoring those important moments where the spotlight is on him, he he's automatically no. what that's huge, huge summer sign. Yeah. But what yeah. was your thoughts seeing those three players on the pitch? Um, I mean, yesterday it paints a story that. Um, this era midfielders are hard to find and the kind of midfielders that those big money has been spent on are defensive midfielders for winners and if you look at Sean like they can they can rise yesterday now he i mean he had a tough game against the of enzo and um what they call it caicedo enzo and caicedo but yeah. you just felt like he can come up with something we saw it in west ham he did that countless of times you saw it yeah. in Kaisido and Enzo, they were moving that team forward. And you can see that this era of football we're in right now, those kind of players are rare. We saw it in the summer. Liverpool yeah. were literally ready to break the bank to sign both Lavia and Kaisido. Why? Because they lack that kind of player. And so I think we we'll keep on seeing this big money on positions that are not really, um, they don't have a lot of players. For instance, now also strikers, strikers as scarce. That's why you see the likes of Simeon will probably go for 100 plus. Likes yeah. of Hurricane White for 100. Um, likes of Mbappe, Haaland, if they are to leave, 100 plus. And so that is, yeah. that is the case now. As opposed to defenders that are um, a lot. So you might hardly see them go for that high money. But yeah, they are worth the money. They are worth the money because these are these are the unsung heroes of teams. If if a rise didn't step up without goal, Arsenal will have lost... <clears throat> If Caicedo and Enzo didn't step up with that performance, Chelsea might have lost. So, so it's just money well spent. Money well spent from the two teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And uh, one thing that was worth, that was worth noting, after we've given Chelsea huge praises for the way they, they started the game, we also need to give Arsenal their flowers. The way they ended the game, they ended the game super strong. You could see they forced Chelsea to make the mis- to make these mistakes and 
that second half performance just really painted the picture of why Chelsea are currently not close to the top four. True, true. <laughs> because you can't get a two-goal lead and just break away like that. You need to be able to protect the lead. You need to be able to protect the lead. You can't keep on pulling those kind of performances and you expect yourself not to be at sitting on 10th position. You get me? Yeah. So, but but it was a good performance from Chelsea compared to um the previous weeks where they, they were losing and drawing a lot of games. It was a good one for Chelsea fans to see. But that defensive unit, the talent is there. Uh yeah, they can do it, they can do it, but they need to be more coordinated. Maybe they are too, maybe you can say they are young, maybe you can say they 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 They've not yet been able to form chemistry between each other or or whatnot, especially with um Robert Sanchez just coming on coming on um during this summer transfer window. You could see that he made an obvious error and a big mm-hmm. error that caused yeah. the Grand to score that goal. Yeah, maybe we need to give them time, but they need to fix that defensive unit ASAP. ASAP. Yeah. And Arsenal, oh sorry, before you continue, but and Arsenal on the other hand hand. They cannot keep on pulling this kind of performance. Exactly. Where, where they allow teams score them early and they struggle and come back and expect to be title contenders, quote unquote. You <laughs> get me? Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, so be, be, before we move on from Chelsea, I think um, like you made mention, yeah. this this team, we made we said it, I think a couple of episodes passed on the Chelsea episode. We said we need to give Pochettino time. And we're seeing that this time is like, I mean, they are building something. It's not magic. It's not magic. And so you will see performances like this. I don't think it should be the last we'll see. Maybe against the Spurs, maybe against the Brighton self or a Mar- yeah. Mar- City will start yeah. well and bad. But they yeah. have to learn from these mistakes. And um, people like Kukura yesterday, they were amazing. Malogusto, I mean, Thiago Silva, always amazing. Cool. But you can see that just. You might have eighty percent good game, but that twenty percent is really what makes you be either top four or below. And I think yeah. Chelsea they are yet to reach that level of seeing games through. Um, but yeah. like we said, it's, it's just going to be um, time. Time will tell. Lastly, I think yeah. I, I just want to ask you this question, yeah, because this Raya Rams the issue guy. It has been. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. For yeah. me. I'll just say this on this podcast. I think that for a team like Arsenal, Ramsdale is perfect keeper. Ramsdale gives the vibe of a top four keeper, uh, like top flight keeper, big, big team keeper. Let me use that word. Now you look at the big teams, you yeah. see that keeper, you have that stature, you see them. Ramsdale has that vibe. Oraya is not that guy. For you, if you were Mikel Arteta, hmm? number one question: Will you start Raya? Um, against Sevilla in the Champions League one or will you um, start Ramsey that's the first question number two regardless of the performance against Sevilla who is going to be your number one do you understand who is going to be your number one so those are the two questions from Google okay okay yeah alright you know I not to waste so much time yeah but I think for me to answer this question I just need to go back to i think our previous episode i i mentioned here on this podcast that 
I really don't understand the idea behind bringing two uh, top flight skippers and saying that you want to have one as your backup, then one is going <laughs> to be your uh, main keeper, then you switch and all. Yeah, so the idea of bringing um, Raya on board was to like maybe give Ramsdale a, a, a nudge or a push to do better and all because he Ramsdale was prone to a lot of errors and all but you could see that Ramsey was good playing out from the back and he he pushed them to giving them that uh second position finish last year yeah but now we are seeing raya is making obvious errors as well yeah all right so who, who would i start against um against sevilla Whew. it's gonna be a tough one yeah yeah but i think if we are actually following the idea why he brought uh he has two top flight keepers on board i will i will give ramsdale a start yeah because the idea is that you are you have ramsdale you have raya if one messes up you bench the him, other one enters yeah. the other one enters so i'm going to give ramsdale a, a start yeah against everyone i think your second question was that um who, Ask, can I get the second question again, please? Yeah, regardless of um, like who is you, who are you going to choose as a number one if you are Teta? All right, so um, who would I choose as my number one if I was as Ateta? I think I, I would have still gone with Ramsdale, yeah. I would have still gone with Ramsdale. Then Raya would be more like a backup if Ramsdale does not do too well, or I can just have dedicated keepers for different tournaments maybe i still i stick with raya raya true um thick and thin in fa cups in carabao cup then i stick with ramsdale true thick and thin in the premier league and champions league yeah so yeah. like i think that's that's what i would have done yeah oh right. yeah all Thank right you. so uh i think we need to, this podcast sorry listeners if we are dwelling too much on this but this podcast won't be complete if we don't touch upon this. The handball against Gabriel. We've been hearing a lot of speculations that it was not a handball, it was a handball. One player was offside. The, the handball was not really in an unnatural position. For me, that was as clear as the... It was a handball. Please give him. <laughs> that was a penalty. That was the right call. But I don't know if you saw something else. Just... 30 seconds was it a handball or not please it was a handball you can't as a as a defender you cannot be flying like that with your arms open especially Man. in this damage handball yeah. for me all day everything yeah. all right so let's move on let's move on to sheffield manchester united <laughs> where where a lot of drama happened there and um again we saw johnny evans and harry Maguire starting out at the back Manchester United fans, yeah, Manchester United fans said Maguire uh, uh, was decent. <laughs> I, hey. I didn't really watch the match from the beginning to end, but um, yeah, I think he was actually decent and he he played pretty well. And they they, they won the match two one at the end of the day. But once again, uh, we could see a lot of lapses on the on the on the squad. We could see. Onana again. Uh, we could see Scott McTominay saving the team once more again. No, not necessarily saving, but we could see his huge impact 
in the squad then Dalot with that super strike um Mikus yeah. do you think please man you fans don't think we are coming after you or something you you got the three points we are giving your flowers here but now I just want us to talk it needs to be done Rashford um Rashford was tipped last season for the Ballon d'Or. I think even during the Ballon d'Or episode, we talked about him that, uh, yeah, he should be there, something like that. Ah, man. And now, nine games, um, one goal in the Premier League. I was, the last season, they were like, ah, Rashford is better than Mo Salah. Ah. <laughs> this, this and that. <laughs> last season, wow, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. But, yeah. but, but this season now, nine games, one goal. What, what do you have to say about Rashford? He he has proven over time that he is not the most consistent player in the EPL right now. He's not even the most co- most consistent player in Manchester United. One season is on form, and the other season is not on form. And Manchester United just knows they know how to kind of overhype him when he's on form. He's on form, yeah. I mean, Rashford is is a head scratcher for me because the thing is. When Rashford is on form, uh, he's their best player after Bruno Fernandes. He has the ability to make a difference in the final third. And for some reason, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard. We we cannot come here and just criticize him like that. We understand that he's literally the only person in that forward line. Hoyland, I keep on saying, he's learning his trade. He's a good striker, but my United cannot rely on him. And so, at times, you might be asking that maybe he needs a bit of support. But that being said, I think by his own standards that he set last season, he has been very poor. He has been very poor. Um, I think he got a goal in the international break um, in England, and that should help his confidence. He had a good chance yesterday um, against Sheffield, just went wild. But I think Eric Hag just has to keep playing because players like this, you can't bench them. Like I said, they can make that difference. And hopefully, for my sake, he can pick up form. Because if Rashford is playing well, there's no how my is not going to play well. So, yeah, that's just... Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Moving on to the other side of Manchester. Yeah. We saw Manchester City versus Brighton. I know on Twitter, I tipped Manchester City to win this match four goals to one. It didn't (laughs) work. It is what it is. Then we have... Julian Alvarez and Erling Haaland on the score sheets as well as Barcelona's um Barcelona's <laughs> I, I look for the word X Palette. X he's still back up here. X star still boy. Back up no, okay let me say <laughs> Barcelona X Brighton star boy and so Fatsy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah we, we <laughs> saw him on the score sheet do you know let, let me be honest with you guys on this podcast yeah I was about to banter and Sufati. Yeah. I was about to banter him. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, as I saw him, as I saw him come on the match, I was about to just tweet one thing like this. Omar, one minute he has scored. I think he ended that game seven years minutes. He scored in the 73rd minute. I was like, I just deleted my draft. <laughs> yeah oh, oh well, but it, it was it was it was an interesting one though Manchester City I was expecting more goals from them and they yeah, had a lot of opportunities yeah. 
but we could see an improvement in their game with um, Rodri coming back to the team. Um, we could see that they, they, they played better and man, Julian Alvarez is he's, he's a talent. He's a, he's a well-talented player there. We saw Haaland's finish. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I feel that goal was just for the haters. Just everyone for, keep, uh, keep quiet. Yeah, just keep sure. quiet. He still he still runs the game. He's still he's still in his block. But the, the problem is that the the expectations are just so high for Haaland. And I'm saying this out here on this podcast. Messi fans are doing something. Like they are, the expectations are high for Haaland, but they are trying to raise the bar unnecessarily higher. So personally, yeah, I feel Messi fans are they are they are running a propaganda against Haaland. <laughs> Haaland has been good this season. He has yeah, been, he has. Yeah. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah, been he has actually been good. really good. He he has he's the highest goal scorer in the Premier League. Though, all right, based on the standards, uh, maybe he has not been doing so well in the Champions League yet. But they are just trying to run a propaganda against him. I mean, against him because of this Ballon d'Or stuff. Yeah, against him and Messi. Like currently, yeah, what I see with LA Haaland and Messi fans is just like I don't know if you, you are conversant with poll votes, yeah. Poll votes, there's a bar. Just as if there's a bar that has been placed for this athlete to um use this pole to hop over or jump yeah. over. Then Messi fans, when the guy has um <laughs> or launched to aim for that pole, they are shifting <laughs> they are they are shifting the pole higher. They are pushing it higher, yeah. They are shifting it higher after he has launched. That's what Messi fans are doing to Haaland. He's doing pretty well, but they are trying to change the narrative on the media to be as if he has been a flop this season. And yeah. they even trying to push Julian Alvarez, his teammate. But man, let, let's see. Let's see how it let's see how it, it ends. And yeah. Alright, let's move on to uh another this thing. Liverpool versus um Everton. Yeah, so uh the Liverpool Everton match, yeah. Uh, so it's a really, really interesting one for me, yeah, because uh, it was the Messi side derby. Yeah. And the Messi side derby is always a very, very low scoring fixture. I think that's why I could correctly predict it. <laughs> I predicted a 2-0 um, and it came out to be 2-0, yeah. It could have ended 1-0 because uh, Mosala scored um, second goal in 90 plus 7 minutes. Oh, yeah. And, um... Yeah, you could see that uh, everything got a red card. And I think uh, that match, that particular match, that particular fixture, yeah, uh, yeah. is that particular fixture is the the fixture with the most red cards in the history of um, the Premier League, yeah. Wow. That's to show how fierce and how competitive the Merseyside Derby can be. Yeah. But all in all, this was a very, very interesting one because, <laughs> man, Everton, they never, they never take it easy with us. They never take it easy with us. See, <laughs> I, I'm going to give my flowers here to Takoski. See, that guy, that guy blocked everything blockable. He blocked everything blockable. <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, Liverpool were able to get a penalty then. Musala did <laughs> what Musala knows how to do best. And um, I think after that goal, Shondach just said, damn it, let's bring our 
players out let's stop sitting at the back and they tried coming out and pff, Liverpool hit them on the counter that we know as the assist for Musala and second goal yeah but one really really interesting thing was that um, Jordan Pickford he he on his on the back of the water bottle during the penalty shootout you could see that he outlined the directions that each Liverpool player has played their penalty in the last um five I don't know how many but he shall outlined it at the back of his water bottle and I heard it didn't really work out for him yeah yeah uh I, I wouldn't necessarily say that doesn't work yeah but I think it cannot easy it, it does not have a high probability of working out in just a penalty kick no in a penalty shootout the probability is higher it's higher but yeah, true. A, yeah but, but in a penalty kick the probability of that working out was this guy is very very low yeah uh were you able to watch the messy side derby no no i just i just watched the goals i watched the goals and what i'll just say is this i'll just keep it short eh? Salah has seven goals and four assists. Yeah. In nine games. Man. Yeah. I I really thought I mean Salah tricked me. I thought he was finished, but it's just let me just put this in perspective. Yeah. If Haaland yeah. was not in this league, yeah, Salah would be yeah. the one being talked yeah, about. I, I can yeah. go as far to say that um Haaland might be the face of EPL, but I think Salah should be right there beside him. So I mean that's yeah. I just have to say that's all I have to say. Salah has been amazing this season, and he's yeah, the reason why I, Liverpool are fighting for the title. Yeah, and uh, see the thing about Salah that amazes me is just the simplicity. Exactly, I swear, Salah. Like, man, it, it's so easy for you not to rate Salah. I don't blame people that don't rate Salah. I don't blame I don't even blame you at all because it's so easy because it seems like he does not do anything. He gets the ball, his shots just yeah. He, he, yes, his shots look so easy. Sometimes his shots just look like he's doing rubbish. But at the end of the day, <laughs> he's he's pulling in the number. He just Salah looks like that guy that he does not he does not do the assignments here, but when it comes to exam, he knows how to it's pass. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows how to pass. And it's really, really like um enviable if you're a rival fan so to just see this guy every season he keeps on pulling up uh, the same number and for me yeah Salah is an amazing player but as a Liverpool fan and as a Salah fan yeah the Salah I still feel that Salah there's still this potential in Salah that he still has not unlocked because Salah misses so many chances if, if we are being honest yeah if we are being honest he misses so many chances if he can be a little bit more clinical he's gonna be like i think he can give Haaland the run for his money yeah, yeah. i think he can give Haaland the run for his money yeah yeah so uh moving on another really really spicy game was real madrid sevilla what made this game even more spicier was that uh we saw <laughs> sergio ramos a real madrid legend play against sevilla Oh, man. Um, I think first of all, before we even talk about this game, I know, I know Sergio Ramos is a Real Madrid legend, but yeah. I think Real Madrid's fans forget the fact that Sevilla made him what, like, he, let me not say made him, they gave him the platform to yeah. be 
what he is today. You get me? It's just so, like Ronaldo play Ronaldo playing for Sporting Lisbon against Mayu in yeah. in the Champions League. And you expect <laughs> him not to not to give his all. First off, he's a professional. Then second off, this team actually means a lot to him. In as much as yes, he's a legend, but this team like man, I don't know. Like players have this attraction for teams that give them the platform because not not every player was actually given a platform. Exactly. They believed in because them when nobody a, did. A, yes, exactly. In in the academy, there are a lot of stars, there are a lot of potential, but some of these, these some of these teams they just pick you out and say you you are the one that wants to invest in, you are the one that wants to give that spotlight to and yeah they owe a lot to that team yeah but that's by the way but we could see Sergio Ramos really not taking it lightly with Real Madrid I don't know what Real Madrid fans were expecting that game then um <laughs> uh, Bellingham was not able to to uh, do the normal yeah he was not able to do normal but we know he's still going to deliver we know Lama, he's going to Lama, deliver yeah. later but uh, yeah what, what was your thoughts on that game yeah I mean it was it was a spicy game, like you said. Um, the thing about playing Sevilla at all at times is that yeah. people that don't watch La Liga will think, okay, well, all these smaller teams are working the park. But no, when you are going away to all these smaller yeah. teams, you just need to, number one, get the results first. Exactly. And the way the game was going, uh, it was seeming increasingly unlikely that uh, Madrid they were missing chances. I mean, Rodrigo. They had like two yeah. goals disallowed. So you already see the pattern of ah, today is not my deal. Now I just get yeah. shots in the body. And so yeah. that was what Madrid did. Cabajal stepping up as the captain. Um there were the couple of penalty shouts here and there. Um yeah. Vinicius being pushed and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's a good result. You can't win all yeah. win it all. And as it starts now, they are I think four points ahead of Baka. So Baka that presently playing now at the time of recording so they'll yeah. be hoping that Baka doesn't get the result so that the uh, classical they can have a bit of um leeway or margin there but it was a good game to watch yeah <laughs> all right all right yeah um before we end this episode <laughs> i while, while while just preparing for the podcast and preparing for um work for the next day i actually stumbled upon Girona versus Almeria and I, I watched the match passively for 90 minutes. <laughs> and it was one of the funniest matches I've ever watched. <laughs> this is it. Because the match ended 5-2. Yeah. Ah, and uh, Almeria, Almeria scored two goals first. <laughs> Almeria scored two goals first. What made this game very, very interesting was that Almeria scored the first goal in one minute something seconds. Like, just after kickoff, Gazaniga, I don't know, Gazaniga, I always knew Gazaniga, Gazaniga was not really a good keeper when he was in sports, but I don't know where to hide. I don't know where to hide it, Girona. <laughs> so, they scored this guy in like one minute, something second, like, ah. like, that was what even made me interested because I was just scrolling through the TV. I was like, what can I even do? Watch. I saw, okay, one minute, something second, they scored. Amaria, they were ginger, they were like, yes, let's get this done. 24 minutes, they scored again. They were like, yes, we have Omo, Juruna, from nowhere. Uh, 37 minutes, 
85. I just looked again, I saw 5 2. I was like, what? I, I was even thinking that maybe Jurula scored 2, then Amelia scored an extra 3. Only for me to see the score five, and, and it got me really interested in Jordan. And I saw they, they are actually second, and man, the team was so coordinated. They were so com- coordinated, communication perfect. I don't know why we're giving them free PR on this podcast right now, <laughs> but like, I think they can actually. <laughs> if if they continue beating, yeah, yeah if, if they continue beating all the small small teams, maybe they can end up. Number four, number five in the league. Yeah, it, it should yeah. be a big achievement for them. Seeing that, um, I think City Football Group owns a big chunk of um the shares. Also, yeah, is it's kind of the ideal scenario to say, okay, well, we have City that is already established. Let's hope that Girona, yeah. because there are some of their players that they alone. Let's hope that Girona yeah. can reach at least um a bit of status because it's hard to say that Girona will win this league. Let's be frank with ourselves. Like I said earlier last episode i said is that back out of madrid or maybe athletic so they can squeeze in to be the fourth best team and so performances like this i mean why not why not all right yeah i think <laughs> that that uh, brings us to the end of the night plus five um podcast um thank you very much listeners for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to the 90 plus 5 podcast today thank you very much because for co-hosting the podcast with me yeah so till next time stay safe stay blessed yeah bye also um follow us on twitter at 90 yeah. plus 5 fc and um on instagram at 90 plus 5 podcast yeah see you yeah, in the next yeah, episode yeah. Don't take our word for it. Follow us, follow us, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. I don't miss out any information on there. All right. Bye for now. <laughs>